The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. What I would say, this is definitely the word for the intentional spirit, dynamic, electric, a magnet, energetic presence, uh, invigorating spirit, and just... That, that presence and power of life that is forever giving of itself. I love the fact that we interview people from all over the world about being intentional as an intentional spirit and what that means. And I love to clarify that there's a big distinction between people who have good intentions, they write down goals, they have vision boards, and they're all wonderful. And yet it is the intentional person that lives more of a purpose-driven life that regardless of external circumstances or challenges or changes, they continue to move forward in the most intentional way towards those things without any exterior limitations. My guest today is no different. She is a mover and a shaker. She is somebody that once you meet her, you want to be a fan. You sign up for her fan club. Welcome, Becca McCoy. Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> what an honor. Thank you, Temple. I'm so happy to be with you. Well, I just love who you are and, and who you represent and what you stand for. And you're an actor, you're a singer, you're a Sag artist, and you bring so many dimensions to to people who know you. Um, did you know... Uh, right after you were uh, growing up or in school, did you did you know your path? Did you understand what it would be intentionally? I absolutely did. Um, the family rumors are my parents knew um, before I could even walk and talk that I would, uh, legend has it, I would set up dolls on one side of the crib and babble at them and then laugh until I fell over. And uh, that's that. that need to communicate and reach people um, through entertainment, through um, some kind of artistic expression has always been a part of me. I've been singing solos uh, in front of large crowds since I was five years old. And as early as I can remember, I was articulating that I wanted to be an actor or singer or both um, as my profession. And um and really, even you know, even with the the ups and downs that come with life, and come with um, a a profession that's uh, a little bit less predictable than others, 
um, I, I think I can claim that that is, in fact, what I've done with my whole uh, adult life. And um, it's been really thrilling and gratifying and taken me to exciting places and, and helped me meet a lot of interesting people and accumulate a lot of interesting life stories. Well, one of the things that I admire you uh, about you so much is that you you meet things head on. And I thought it would be pertinent and um, specific to people listening in today because I hear this all the time because I'm also a very public person. And I know you hear this as well, that often, you know, people, they want to be a public speaker or they want to be an orator, an actor and they have those initial butterflies. They feel nervous. They feel terrified. They're consumed with fear. And they, they think, you know what? This is a clear sign that this is not mine to do. I'm going to put that away on the shelf because I'm not comfortable with these particular feelings that I'm having. So I'm just intuitively knowing that you've had those feelings many times. And I would like to know how you recognize them, how you meted them as a sacred friend instead of anything adversarial, and what do you think it means, and what can we tell others about that experience itself? Absolutely. That's definitely evolved um, over the course of developing into a professional. Um, I think that it's it's very, um, it's natural to feel nervous or uncomfortable or, you know, some somehow stretched when you are speaking in front of other people, when when you are forcing people to listen. Um, you know, we, we deal a lot in acting um, with monologues where a character is speaking um, in an uninterrupted fashion. And in life, that's not, um, that's not really the construct. We, we're meant to engage. And so if someone is speaking in an uninterrupted fashion, we've either allowed them to do so because of a social construct, like they're a preacher, um, they're on a platform, they are uh, a politician, they're in some, some context where they are expected to speak without interruption, or the need to communicate is greater than another person's need to interrupt you. Um, and so I find it really interesting um, to have kind of broken through the 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 sense that it's uncomfortable to um, to take the space to claim the space of um, communicating uh, in in a purposeful way that that other people are there to listen and absorb um, the nerves have definitely evolved over time and I would even say now that I don't get nervous the way that other people would possibly define being nervous, um, that I still get uh, butterflies or maybe a little bit shaky or, you know, some, some kind of uh, uh, an adrenaline spike, but it is no longer from a place of I'm uncomfortable, I'm scared, I don't know if I'll remember my words, I don't know if I will execute. All of those things I'm, I'm 100% comfortable with. Now those feelings come from a space of wanting to do my best always wanting to show to greatest advantage to reach people in the the most effective way possible. And so it comes from a space of caring. Uh, and so then now I tell myself, if I ever lose those feelings, then I'm in trouble. 
um, because they definitely come from that genuine place of wanting to do the best work that you can, wanting to connect to people in the most authentic way possible. Um, but, you know, the, uh, a few weeks ago I was performing in New York City and there were some uh, very prominent figures in the audience and, and people said, oh my gosh, how nervous were you? And I said, I wasn't. <laughs> I knew that I was right where I was supposed to be, and I had all the confidence in my ability to execute under those circumstances. And so whatever I would define as nerves simply came from that space of, of caring. Being on the leading edge of the, the chemistry of the experience in the moment. I know people are shocked because, as you know, I've been a speaking coach for like 25 years and I've spoken to thousands of people all over and, and that being tens of thousands or whatever. But anyway, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but just to impress upon them, people are shocked when I talk about how terrified I was. Uh, I went through ministerial school asking them not to call on me. Um, The first several times I did speak, I was just such, I was all over the place. I was terrified. And and so I think our, our, our landing point here is that If you are a person tuning in today and you want to hear more about spirituality and the arts and you want to hear about uh, destiny and experience and self-expression and what you came here to do, the very things that you put on the shelf because you said, you know, when I picked them up, I felt nervous, I felt uncomfortable, I felt vulnerable. It's not that they're not your calling. It's the very thing that you're called to do. And so that's a, a very powerful knowing. And the only way to overcome that is the willingness to show up and stand up and over time you overcome it by coming over it. And so it, it brings forth this whole other dimension of yourself and, and the practice of that. And, and like you, uh, Becca, I, I don't want to get rid of that on edge feeling um, because then I, I, I'm too stagnant in, in my own dance and in, in my own game. Well, you have, discovered through the years that you know art is is, is transformative um any level of art it, it reminds me of the story of someone observing a little girl and she's uh drawing and and her and so someone walks up to her and says what are you doing and she said well i'm i'm drawing god and, and the person said well nobody knows what god looks like and she said well they will after I'm finished. <laughs> 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 they will after I'm done. And what I love about visual arts, performing arts, is that uh, there's a door, there's a space that often people like you can go to because it happens on such an unexpected realm. I find as a spiritual leader, as much as so many people come and they are engaged and they 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 want to have some kind of shift or an aha moment or a, a sense of feeling enlightened or even if they go, you know, I've, I've heard this before or whatever. It's something that will be a stimulus. It's something that will uplift. Uh, and yet I do find in our humanity that when we come to listen to people that are change makers and activists and stuff like that, there is a part of us. And, and and maybe I'm I'm just speaking more from my own perception. And I'd be interested to see what you think about it. But there is still a part of us, 
I, I don't want to say that we're shielded, but I would say that we are aware and perhaps controlling in some way of ourselves. And and that's true in therapy, too. You know, as much as we rush over to say, I want to work on this thing and I want to, you know, change this one area. We'll talk about everything else for 50 minutes till the last five minutes on the clock. And then we'll start really talking about what matters with the arts. There's that I was caught off guard because I wasn't prepared because I yeah. didn't know it was coming. Yeah. I, I have said many times, um, for me, anywhere that there is art, there's the opportunity to deepen our understanding of and enrich our execution of the human experience, whether it's through an ephemeral art form or a tangible art form. Um, anything that just flexes your muscles of imagination, that, you know, and, and for us in unity, that's such a a critical part of, of our basic principles, you know, in, in terms of co-creating our, our reality with God, uh, the, the more, the richer your imagination is, the, the easier it is to vision, to affirm. And uh, those muscles get flexed when, when some, something artistic crosses our path and that can be music and it can be visual art and it can be just the way that a, a tree and a flower are, are framed up in, in God's art. Um, I, I just think that, that art and spirituality are so tightly wound um, that, that it only augments both of them uh, to, to respect their, their coexistence. It's very powerful, very powerful. Well, along the journey, you and I have uh, crossed paths many times in many different ways, and it just seemed very evident that it was time to do do something of great magnitude, and also to share as a leading as a leading edge campus to other um, centers for spiritual living and um, unity communities the value and importance of art and not just highlighting it, but actually doing programs, actually doing experiences that showcase it. And so walk us through that journey, because I know that other people would like to know, you know, what it looked like and how we're doing it and how we're communicating it, et cetera. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just over the moon about uh, what we've done over at, First Unity, we, um, we've developed, uh, for the listeners, we've developed a, a dedicated arts department or, or arts entity called Arts 46-4, and the name comes from our coordinates. Our campus is located on 46th Avenue and 4th Street North in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it is uh, a, a dedicated arts component that we started out with a five-month arts initiative in order to introduce ourselves to the community as a potential venue, creative collaborator, producing partner, and just kind of show what is possible. And so I created the program in two components, a secular component and a sacred component. So over the five months from April to August, we've dedicated each month to a different arts discipline. In April, we started with literature. May was dance. Right now, here in June, we're doing visual art. 
July is theater, and August is music. And in each of those months, we've purposefully integrated that art into the Sunday services, as well as producing one public special event per discipline per month. And it's just exceeded my expectations in every, in every aspect. Um, throughout April, we had spoken word um, integrated into the services, and then the public special event was um, called Insights, a Convergence of Adolescence, where we brought in community leaders, writers, artists who read things that they wrote in high school, juxtaposed with current-day high school students reading their writing. And it was a really powerful, empowering event um, that I know our, our campus was very proud to host. Um, and then in, in May in dance, um, everywhere that it's been possible, we've also taken from our own spiritual community first. So we have, um, we had dance from our uh, dance ministry, from our youth. We have visual artists in the gallery right now that are members of the church. Um, and it's been just, the the image of a bridge has has recurred consistently um that bridging unity with the community bridging art and spirituality bridging us to god um and it's uh, it's just a really extraordinary um trial uh but all of the the results of these trials have have been exceptional um and i think that people are responding to it very well it's it's so thoroughly integrated and beautifully branded um, that each month, you know, people kind of know what to expect in our handout, uh, our calendar, the paper materials that people get that go into the hands of hundreds of people every Sunday. We have two pages for Arts 46.4, one of which details that month's public special event. But the other page is where we have a quote from someone um, you know, from, from someone famous throughout history talking about art and spirituality. But then I also have a quote from someone within our community speaking to how art for them is a spiritual experience. And uh, I think that it's really powerful that we're bringing the arts onto the campus and, um, and we've, we've taglined Arts 46.4 of Arts Integration for Spiritual Innovation that we're bringing the arts onto campus in a purposeful way to augment our members' spiritual experience. But then we're also showcasing unity and our community to the, the greater Tampa Bay arts community, both in the arts and general public. And then, you know, through the press that we've received, we can reach even further with the potential of when you really, in a conscious way, rope the arts into a spiritual experience. You're so right. I mean, we've been reaching tens of thousands of people, it's exhilarating and amazingly um, exciting. And it's something that I've always felt since the early days of, of ministry is that art is such a significant component of that. Um, in most um, spiritual communities, you know, of a whole group of people that we want to attract are the cultural creatives and, and, and through the essence of the bridge of the arts, because for us and our branding, we're very clear about who we are here. We're artists, we're activists, we're seekers. 
and we are artists, activists, seekers, healers, and healers. And in that component, that art part, it is a key piece of that alignment, like you said, with with community and unity walking um, hand in hand. And that is the way that so many people either receive spirit or hear spirit or express spirit is through some component of visual art, spoken word, um, all of those things. People may say, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm spiritual or not. What I find is most people are saying, I'm not religious. I'm not limited to a set of values or beliefs, but I'm definitely artistic and I feel connected somehow. And so those are, um, and I've always felt a new thought, you know, we we spend too much time, um, and I can only say the collective we that I understand is uh, we've spent a lot of time, um, you know, wanting to reach people that are already churched. Uh, The masses uh, consist of people who have not found that spiritual component or that connection. And art is such a door for that. It's such a welcome home reality for that. And once they come into our communities, once they see what we represent and what we stand for, uh, they're all in. And most of all, what we hear all the time, and I know you hear that, I can't believe there is a place like this. <laughs> yes. That's how I felt when I first walked in the doors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because art, art is born of inspiration, and inspiration is spiritual in its nature. And, you know, when we talk about um, a spiritual practice, practice, what we're practicing is is being alive, being human, they're, to me, they're so tightly intertwined. Um, what I love about the opportunity that Arts 46.4 presents for our members is just opening their eyes to that potential so that you can expand your spiritual experiences beyond the walls of our, of our campus. Um, and and when you're off at the Museum of Fine Arts or the Met or the Guggenheim, you you can have a spiritual experience anywhere that there is art anywhere that your eyes are open. And so I just I am so grateful for the opportunity to nudge people in the direction of of opening their eyes. And it's so spot on. There's no doubt about it. Well, I have a a, a few th- websites to give you. Uh, those of you tuning in, it's BeccaMcCoy.com. We have Arts464.org, Arts464.org. And you can visit me at TempleHays.com or FirstUnity.org. Now, keep in mind that it's an exciting time for us, um, for myself as a radio host and for Unity Online Radio that we now have the ability for this tremendous call-in show. Call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. You know, in the early days, uh, Becca, with um, the founding uh, members of, of Unity, the, the Fillmore's, uh, Charles and Myrtle, 
um, there was a a magazine for children, and it was it was quite famous at the time called We Wisdom, and it had great stories in it. It had lots of metaphysics in it, but it really highlighted uh, the artistic part of the soul of a child. And um, mm. Myrtle was so really big of that. I was teaching a class last night, and I was talking about how. Um, you know, when I was a little girl, along with all other small children, we start out in life as a question mark. And by the time we graduate from high school and or college, we have become a period. You know, we, huh. we, we, right. We are, you know, yeah. you know, your daughter, Nancy, she's one question mm. after another. She's one question of possibility after another. She's one question of what can be after another. She can take an empty right. page and ask the question, what could be here on that paper? But because we become so programmed in the society that we know today, education, religiosity, etc., we become a period of what the teacher said we couldn't do. Oh, no, you wouldn't be able to do that. No, it's too far for you to relocate, period. Um, You know, that's just what girls are supposed to do, period. Boys are only supposed to do that, period. And so that part of our inspired uh, artist nature uh, has the tendency in many cases to become less and less. And that's the value of um, remaining in this adult life in creative experiences and, and creative opportunities. I know that the night that we had so many people here from all over uh, reading poetry, and I was one of them, I read poetry from when I was in high school. And I, I realized that there's so much of me that still draws from that same, those same fundamental uh, ideas, those same beginnings of being in art class, what I drew, who I sat beside, ingrained in me forever because that's what has kept me um, stabilized with the foundation of continuing to know how important it is that I live in the questions in my life rather than uh, defining myself in any place of rigidity as just a box uh, that is settled and lying dormant. I mean, to me, that is absolutely uh, just so boring. We have a lot to offer when we come back after our break. Um, we have much more to share about spirituality and art. And again, we welcome you calling in so that we can join you and get a sense of where you are. 816-251-3555. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And thank you for joining us on this incredible opportunity of Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. Great teachers through the ages have spoken of the importance of our mind and of being master over our thoughts. How often do we forget that we are the ones who decide what thoughts we'll hold and what thoughts we'll reject? The world's great teachers also remind us that our thoughts create our experience. We may not be able to change what is happening in our world, but we can always choose how we will respond to the changing situations of our lives. With a positive attitude, your chance for success in any situation can be greater. That's because a positive attitude will inspire you to look for workable solutions rather than allowing negative thinking to limit your decision-making. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Take a trip with Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, for being with us. And I just want to say again how much I appreciate all of you as listeners and how you share your show, the show with your friends and your family and your coworkers. It it means a lot. And because of you, we're featured and listened to all over. So it's just uh, such an immense blessing. And I want to thank you for that. As stated on the commercial early earlier, please call in. 
Uh, so you can join us in conversation, 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. We're talking to the amazing Becca McCoy today. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's actually a SAG actress. And you can join her at beccamccoy.com. She has offered to spiritual community an exciting concept, which is taking off here like um, just in the most amazing way, arts464.org, arts464.org. Becca, welcome back. And we were talking about some components of the art, and I know you have some things that you want to you share with us. Absolutely. Yeah, right before the break, we were speaking to the first of the five public special events that Arts 46.4 has produced, um, and April was Literature Month, and uh, we had insights, a convergence of adolescence where the um, community leaders and artists and writers read things that they wrote in high school alongside current high school students, and Temple, you were one of the readers, and it was so inspiring. We had the mayor of Gulfport, Florida. We had the head of the school board and um, executive directors of museums. It was just a really thrilling lineup of of, um, participants. I also read a couple of pieces as a host, you know, and I I was looking for things that were funny or, you know, that could possibly break up the mood. And, um, but what I found was things that, that were so incredibly enlightening to me, um, it, it became a, a wonderful personal growth opportunity that, that was completely unexpected, that as I was reading things that I wrote, you know, half my life ago, more than half my life ago, um, I could still see patterning. I could still see the recurring insecurities that I've been carrying all of this time, and then had an opportunity to question why that is. Is that is that really going to be my truth in this moment. Um, And then within some of those same pieces, I could also see where the 16-year-old version of myself knew at the core who I was and put it down on paper and then, you know, gives you an opportunity to to look at the the years that transpired after that and say, well, what what shellacked over that? Why, Why did I lose that? that sense of, of, of core, um, you know, and, and uh, Picasso it said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. It's such an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing to, to age. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I love that your show is, is the intentional spirit, this living with intention and purpose um, that, you know, we we need things like unity. We need things that that allow us to question and allow us to be introspective, um, and then also be empowered to say, "My new truth starts right now. I don't have to live in um, you know in these recurring patterns any longer. I can take my life in the direction of my dreams, and every moment is the opportunity to pattern interrupt and and start." start anew. Um, and all of that, you know, kind of, even as a, as a member of a Unity Church now for many years, um, it, it was through this event and looking at my own writing uh, in preparation for it that opened up 
those thoughts to me. Um, and so I, I think going back to something you said very early on in the program today, that art gives us kind of unexpected um, opportunities for growth and uh, and and deepening in ways that we that we aren't able to achieve as much when we're going into um, you know perhaps going into meditation or prayer with some kind of uh, agenda <laughs> that art allows us to expand um, without without bringing an agenda into the into the proceedings. Absolutely. And I also want to highlight uh, for people that are leading um, and core leaders in spiritual communities that if you have a a service that is your flow, uh, your order of service is so much the same week after week after week after week, there's a tr- true missing because a seamless service and a service that allows room for spontaneity a service that allows room for someone to dance longer than they were supposed to or or someone to elaborate on the daily word from a heart space or uh, to chant longer or to change things up or do it differently the next week. To me, that's what it's all about. You know, I've said I've said many times, I mean, because, you know, we're you know, we're a very large community, but, you know, we we have to have some kind of structure. But to be in a space that it's the same old, same old week after week after week, I mean, it it just wouldn't work for me because we would be taking away that inspired artist design of what is possible to be spontaneous. And that's a degree of, of what you're talking about, too. And so I think one of the things we're really tuning in today in a core is that we all want to spend more time living from questions and the unexpected and the mystery of what is possible as spiritual beings and intentional spirits than we do as individuals that wind up with a period at the end. And I agree with you. I I think that an event to bring in people to refer to what happened to me in high school, you know, what I wrote in high school, what I put in my journal in high school, I, um, I, I, to me, it felt like as a, uh, a trained shamanic practitioner, like everybody that evening had a subtle um, soul retrieval. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a deep, deep awakening. It's kind of like if you if you listen to an artist in front of the room that is tremendous at doing spoken word and, it, and it's gut wrenching. You know, and you're, you're, you're in that moment, you're sitting there and you're basking in that space and you think to yourself, I can be more. I feel it, you know, or like I feel sometimes when I hear you sing, you know, I, I'm not I'm not interested in saying, you know, I'm going to be a singer like Becca. I'm interested in saying and, and other people do because they can, you know, and they have the skill. But it's like more is going to come out of me now. I can be more dynamic now. I can be more alive now. I, I, I don't want to hold back in any way. Let me, you know, accelerate. So it's just, ah, that's the depth that's of art fantastic. being so significant and so important. I do think that we've heard it, you know, since the late 1800s and I'm, I'm sure long before that in many other ways, like you said, Picasso and all the, all, all the brilliance and, 
you know, they've always known that spirit and art walk hand in hand. And I think in the value of new thought, I think we've we've done a great job either justifying or validating ourselves or um, making ourselves feel like we're the new norm and when we are the most necessary conversation on the planet <laughs> and we don't want anything mm. to be normal about us. But having said that, um, I think that we put a lot of energy into science and spirituality, you know, because we're working mm-hmm. with life and we're working with how it proves itself through using natural laws. And yet there's a, there is that necessary component that we call art. Yes, I would absolutely agree. So what in your own life um, and, and, and for others, how, how do you feel and, and all the artists that you've met in your life, would you say that they are spiritual people, open, um, innovative? Um, why is it so important that spirituality walk hand in hand with art? I, for me, the artists that are the most powerful are the, the ones functioning as a vessel, if you will, that are channeling some greater meaning, some greater need for exploration, expression, experience, inspiration, allowing that to channel through them so that it's not just the artist that is having an experience, it's that the spectator, the the involved external party is also having an experience. There's a huge difference between, I'll use theater because that's my, my medium, um, but there's a huge difference between going to the theater and watching someone act than going to the theater and having an experience as an audience member. And that's what you are, as an artist, I, I believe that's what we should be aiming for. Um, that, that I'm there to facilitate a catharsis. That I'm there to encourage other people to have an experience through which I will also have an experience. Um, but if I'm process-oriented for myself as opposed to results-oriented for myself, I think that I'm a deeper, better, more effective artist. Um, and I, I think that that's the case for all of the, the great artists that have stood the test of time and the people that, um, that, that we find ourselves resonating with the most. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the opportunities are immeasurable. And... Um, and to act out, you know, a skit or an example and to live it out loud it, or also the art of using props is so much more profound than just people that get up in front of a group of people and talk at people and lecture mm-hmm. at people. I think that, that we're getting further and further, you know, away from that. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes from, I think at the core, it comes from the ability, uh, when I think about my life, if uh, other than the fact that I survived myself, which is 
is kind of a nice feeling <laughs> from the early days of confusion and illusion. But I, um, when I, when I think about a value that I would say is a necessary value uh, to be more um, what we would call self-actualized or self-reliant, as uh, Ernest Holmes would say, it's to be comfortable with yourself. And I think that that's what we addressed in a subtle way when we first started sharing the show together is that when you are comfortable with yourself, you're willing to be uncomfortable without judgment. You're willing to be uncomfortable and still feel safe. You're willing to feel raw and not need to know because you're comfortable with yourself. Yes. Does that resonate with you at all? I'm just kind of oh ping ponging here. Huge way. Yes. Huge, huge way. So uh, for those of you that are tuning in, you know, that's a that's a, a process about um, you know, stepping into yourself and say, Am I comfortable with myself? If not, why? Am I not comfortable with myself? What was spoken? Uh, what did I hear? What closed me down? What what stopped me from being willing to uh, be freer and and move past the need to know or the comfort? Um, as you know, like I do, Becca, we I have a saying here uh, on our campus: we don't do anything in a box. We don't allow boxes in the hall. And we don't eat food from a box either because it's not good for you. <laughs> but that but that creative element is crucial for yeah. us to stay vibrant and invigorating. Absolutely. The other thing that I love about um, you know what Arts Forty Six Four has has illuminated is the is the intertwining of the arts disciplines as well uh, that we can't seem to separate any one art form. They all exist together. All of the public special events that we're producing um, are multidisciplinary. You know, so it's also we can't even put art in a box. Um, that you know, in order to share the the pieces in April, they had to be spoken out loud. There's a theatrical element. I had musicians playing things that they composed in high school. There was a musical element. In May, the dance event combined photography with live music with live dance in a, a three part synergy. Um, this month's special event combines the literary arts with visual arts that are presented in a theatrical way. There, there's that, that it, you know, when we talk about the arts, it really is just kind of with a capital A and plural, and uh, it also doesn't fit into a box. And so, you know, for, if, if anyone felt like, oh, the arts um, are not part of uh, a spiritual experience or not part of my spiritual experience, um, I, I think that that comes from a, a very narrow view of what uh, the potential of, of art truly, truly is. 
Uh, and so that's been another really wonderful thing that, uh, that this program has done for us and for our community is just expanding the definition and the, the conscious awareness of what qualifies as art and, and how that integrates into our life, into our spiritual practice, into finding ways to be more and more comfortable with ourselves in our own skin because of the, the external experience allowing us to have an internal process. That is so uh, profound. I was having exactly the same thought at the same time that you said that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say in that moment, I was just getting ready to say that, yes, you're so right. That's such a limited definition of art when people do not understand that art is so much more than the external because it, it really, it leads to the internal, which then becomes the cause and effect of the true art of living life. Because right. to me, every day is art. Every, from the moment I wake up, that whole day is art, potentiality on a page or in my experience. And, and how is that manifesting and showing up in my life? And I know that you feel the same about that. I do, most definitely. You know, we, we say here at Unity, it, it's definitely somebody else's um, quote, um, that some people live 100 years. I'm going to change that to some people live 150 years because I'm going to raise the bar with that idea. Yay. But um, some people live 150 years where some people live one year 150 times. Yeah, I love that. And with with what with what you're offering and with what you exemplify and with what you model, there's no way that someone that remains a question mark that can awaken some of those elements of themselves, that multi multifaceted self, when we are so vibrant going into our teenage years, to awaken those components, there's no way that that is a that we can do that without having such an awakening of so many possibilities that are available to us um, in everyday life. It's just, it's just really, really powerful. I absolutely agree. I think it was Thomas Merton um, that, you know, said that the very function of image and, music and poetry um, is to incorporate the senses of self-orientation to God, that, that the arts were necessary for worship and meditation. And I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's, I, I think that some of our, you know, one, one of the quotes in one of the months uh, for Arts 46.4 is from Gandhi. Um, I, I mean, the, 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 the arts and its connection to spirituality. Um, and there were times uh, in, in human history where, you know, a, an organized religion would elevate the arts either because the politics uh, or, you know, the secular world was trying to stuff them down. Um, there have been, obviously, the you know, the arts have... Uh, 
have been a, a part of promoting um, religions uh, all throughout human history. They're, they've been roped together, um, I, I think, ever since since we started, you know, truly contemplating our human experience and trying to put it down in some tangible in some tangible way. Um, and it just it just evolves continuously. And I love uh, being in a community that has made a commitment to a purposeful integration because we are committed to the benefit that that provides to the, the people in, in attendance, that just by incorporating music and some kind of a visual aspect or spoken word that we know that we are ex helping people to expand. And it's such an honor to be in a, in a place that, that really claims that <laughs> in, in a very bold way. As a strong component of, of one's well-being in essence, um, I'm reading a, um, a, a beautiful poster from Reverend Jen Hutchins, uh, Unity Arts Ministry, art helps us to explore our spirituality and our humanity. And that's what uh, Becca and I are urging um, all of you to consider, whether you are leading a spiritual community or whether you are attending one. Uh, it's, it's beautiful that we mention arts. It's beautiful that we talk about it. But showcase it and, and make it a big thing uh, within your community so people can actually witness it, see it, and be part of it. Uh, it it's beautiful to refer to it or um, to show uh, an image of it. But it's another thing to, to make sure that it's living out loud and fully expressing itself within the walls of your community. Everybody benefits. We have right now our whole week here at our spiritual campus. We have uh, one of the few places in the world that teaches the week of Suzuki training. <laughs> we have students here from all over and teachers here from all over the United States um, aligning children and teaching them uh, the Suzuki violin. It is amazing. It is. It's so vibrant. You know, people people going past my office constantly, and and the the sound of string instruments, which you know, I I think that uh, violins and cellos are they they may as well just be direct conduit to my heart. They are, they the sound of them uh, affects me in such a profound way. Uh, so it's it's pretty extraordinary to have that that energy swirling around campus right now. It really is. And all that came about uh, because uh, many, many months ago, we decided, Becca and myself, that this was this was something that it was its time to become tangible, that it needed to be measurable. And that's the point to all of you is that you don't need to know how you just need to know what and let universal laws work with you to create your own programs within the body of, of your community. It's just making a statement that this has value, this is important, and and we're creating a space so it can happen. And it's just amazing um, how many people come out of the woodwork and out of the community 
uh, near and far and online and on Facebook and everywhere else to just offer that support and help. It is that same idea as build it and they will come. Becca, is there any other remaining thing? I know even as we're speaking today, you need to get off to the opera. So is there any <laughs> any final uh, closing word that you would like to add or say on behalf of our I'll, show today? I'll just tack on to that from my perspective of being the person who reaches out to the, the arts community and, and brings them onto our campus. Um, this, the, the answer I found myself repeating consistently was thank you for saying yes. It it seems like the arts community was was just waiting to be asked. And the response has been overwhelmingly positive, affirmative, gracious, grateful, um, that that yes, just opening up that space uh allowed for other things to fall into place. Um you know, so so that's that's what I would I would Second, your encouragement of um, just begin by by reaching out and then sit back and and be in wonder at what occurs. Uh, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been a, a pleasure. I love holding space with you. I always learn just in communicating. Um, join us, everyone, firstunity.org, and thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.